The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. The Persistent and Nasty podcast has teamed up with We Edition to offer our listeners 25% off monthly subscription. Head over to We Edition and type in NASTY, all capital letters, 25 at checkout. I have said it before, I will say it again. We Edition really are the future of casting. And also you can make money while being a member on the site. You can um, be a scene partner for people and you can help with accents. You can just generally help each other out. And it's a really important thing for us to do, especially during these times and just a lovely way to have community. Our other offer for our listeners is still with Backstage. Backstage are offering our actors 12 months free subscription. You heard that right, 12 months free. If you follow the link in the description box for casting directors, you can post free castings when you type in persistent and nasty at checkout. Hello, you gorgeous lot, and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here. How are you all doing? Hope you're looking after yourselves, staying well, washing your hands, wearing those masks. The sun is shining. I hope that you are out and enjoying that vitamin D. Today's episode is with the incredible Scottish award-winning scriptwriter, poet, spoken word artist, educator, so many more titles I could give this amazing human, Kat Hepburn. Misha and I sat down with Kat last week and we chatted about her upcoming book, Dating and Other Hobbies. Um, We chat about many different things today. We cover it all from dating to um, COVID um, because... Kat is just getting over having had uh, the virus and we talk about, oh, we talk about jeans. There's a conversation about wearing our jeans uh, <laughs> and 90s fashion and astrological signs. You can tell that Louise was not here for this episode. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook at Persistent and Nasty, and if you want, send us a wee email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. As always, thank you to all of you who are supporting us. Please remember to like, subscribe, download, review the episode. It really, really makes a huge difference to all of us. And again, a million thank you to those of you who have donated to keep us going. We are so incredibly grateful. And if you want to chuck us a wee price of a cup of tea, the link for our PayPal is in the description of the episode. It's enough of me rambling on. I suggest... Oh, maybe a wee... See, instantly, because... It's sunny. I thought about a beer. So maybe, you know, if you drink, have a beer or a non-alcoholic beer or something fizzy. Or, you know, maybe just a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Very temper and I feel like now that my hair's red, that's it. It's like 
now you can see I have pre-warned you by giving you this visual signal Mm -hmm. there is Mm -hmm. no excuse you now know (laughs) the ball's in your court (laughs) I'm also loving your hat Kat thank you um I'm just I'm not fully ready to expose my face to the world so um yeah it's kind of like a comfort thing um but yeah, I'm really into bucket hats at the moment. I just feel like they go with everything. I'm, I mean, I'm loving it. It's uh, it's making me think about my early teenage years. <laughs> and uh, a lot of Oasis. <laughs> yes, bring on 90s. <laughs> and bringing it back, yeah. Yeah. And actually yesterday, I don't know if anybody's seen it, but yesterday I saw um, Postponder Jukebox. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're, oh my God, they're brilliant. Um, so they do like a uh, modern songs in the style of a uh, kind of 1920s 30s music big band swing all of that um, and uh, one of their singers has just covered uh, an Oasis song and I was like uh, yes I'm gonna find it we're not while well, we're obviously doing the podcast <laughs> I will find it later on um, Oasis cover I know it's <laughs> you know funny I like I played it last night and I was like okay I think nowadays Liam would love it and Noel will be a bit like mm, because Noel's turned into a twat so yeah maybe he was always a twat and I just maybe Liam was always the good one yeah <laughs> not that there's good and bad of anybody but you know that's very balanced of you <laughs> yeah we'll go, we'll go with that I kind of wish we were in the pub but hey ho I know well I think that's just been, yeah, I think everyone's like, the caveat is always, we, sh- we wish we were in the pub. <laughs> I'm really, I, I I was actually not missing it at all. And then this last couple of weeks, I'm like, I'm really missing the pub. Mm. It's the summer weather. When the summer weather, summer weather comes out, it's taps off. Yeah. That one day that we had and it is fucking Baltic now. <laughs> oh yeah. That even. Our one day of summer weather, which our I'm one still, day of still living for. Yeah, well, I'm in I'm in Berlin just now, and the weather is like the same here. It's like it was we had pure sunny for a couple of days. It was like 22 degrees. We were like, right, summer's here, spring's here, and then this week it's been like snowing and grey again. It feels like it's like mirroring the Scottish weather because whenever I speak to my mum, she's like saying that they've got snow or whatever. Like they live in Perthshire, um, but I'm like, God, it's funny how even in Berlin, which is meant to be a lot sunnier, we're getting snow as well. So, what um, are you, do you? Are you based in Berlin? I'm just now, yeah. Um, my boyfriend lives over here, so I used to kind of be to and fro, but now I'm just fro. <laughs> Um, (laughs) yeah uh, there used to be like Ryanair flights dead cheap and yeah and international travel was a lot easier but uh, yeah so now I'm just kind of here but because all my work is online I'm kind of still digitally in Scotland as it were yeah Uh, the majority of my work is still in Scotland which is nice so um, but yeah it would be good to be able to get back and see family and stuff but Mm. Um, yeah just at the moment it's not possible so um my friend's just arrived in Berlin actually and um, oh, really? he works for Zolando oh yeah yeah like the big yeah. the fastest growing company here yeah, uh-huh. fastest growing company and um so he's had to come and sort his visa out obviously because of Brexit so yeah um <gasps> in Berlin he just just finished his quarantining right uh, 
two days ago so that's him there for three weeks and then obviously he has to quarantine when he comes back as well right so he's just doing the one job then he's coming back to the uk so he works online just now because right. what he would have been doing was a bit like yourself to and fro mm-hmm. um but obviously nobody's working in the office yeah so they're all so he can be at home but he's had to come to berlin to sort out his visa right yeah. I know it's so complicated all my friends are getting what they're calling like Brexit appointments um we have to go and show your documentation I don't know if you know much about the German like uh, German bureaucracy but they love like a form so everyone's going to these appointments with like you know every single piece of evidence to say that they've been working a living year so they can get either like a two-year uh, visa or uh, my boyfriend just got a 10-year one because he owns a business over here so um yeah, it's kind of weird times, but I don't think anyone's getting papped out just yet, which is good. Well, that's yeah. that's that's yeah. good. <laughs> that's good. I mean, unlike the people in Spain who got papped out. <gasps> I know. But that was sweet satisfaction. That was like <laughs> that's what you call karma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the, oh man. The gammons were not happy. They were not mm. happy. <laughs> how does it how do you feel like do you feel like now that you've got a lot of work online do you feel like that's how you're going to stay and you would maybe like be able to like base yourself more in Berlin even if things start to open back up again yeah 100% I think I've I've been tentative about being really about being sort of public about kind of officially moving here and stuff because you know um Sonic Youth still creative Scotland funded and things like that um but yeah it's looking like I do sort of I do live here now <laughs> it's not like I live in Scotland at all anymore um but yeah it's just a weird time because it's like if I could have both and I would so I don't know I don't know it's kind of a weird one but I think definitely things opening back up I'm still going to base myself here and just hope that I can get as much online work as possible and focus more on my kind of writing which I can do from anywhere anyway so so yeah that's kind of the the long-winded answer <laughs> I think though you're right to think like that I think it's um what it has shown is that we can really live anywhere like obviously if your job's essential and um, then obviously you can't but you know for those of us that are creative we can pre- be creative wherever and then mm-hmm. you know you figure out the way to get there and hopefully once things start to kind of settle back down there won't be as long quarantining yeah and I suppose if you've had your vaccine then fingers crossed I've not have you, have you guys had yours yet I'm getting oh. mine on Friday oh exciting so I've basically I didn't um know this and I'm going to say so if you're an unpaid carer yeah um, so I did the shopping for my um, my grand and my great aunt um, and I wasn't aware of this. My friend had sent me a link. So if you're an unpaid carer, you can register to get the vaccine. And I registered Brilliant. on Saturday and I'm getting the vaccine on Friday. Amazing. So, which is totally brilliant because I was like, when I first did the calculator, like way back at the start of the year, it was like January, 2022. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was uh, July and I was like, okay, cool. But actually I'm, I got the email last night, at like half 11. I was like, oh, I'm getting the vaccine yeah so I'm quite excited that's great that's great it's been rolled out so widely like I don't think anyone's getting vaccinated here I think they're on like a uh, 12 percent of the population or something it's really low um, but I don't know how it works like 
Will I have antibodies now? I don't know. Will I be, is Might this the same as getting the vaccine and getting it? <laughs> well, apparently if you had it and then you get your double dose, like you'll be like super. Invincible. Invincible. Basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, not everybody that has it has the antibodies though. Right. It's um, so strange. It's I find just, it all very like, it's just bizarre how completely untrackable it is. Mm. How everything, everyone seems to have slightly different versions of symptoms, varying scales, how it affects people at different. Oh my God, it just totally mind, mind melt, isn't it? Yeah. How have you been with it? What kind of, what have been your symptoms? I've had every symptom pretty much. So I've had like fever. It, my whole body was achy for the first like four days. Um, I lost my sense. I've lost my sense of smell. This coffee just tastes like hot. <laughs> uh, it doesn't taste like coffee. Uh, what else? Splitting headache. Uh, I've got ulcers in my mouth. Um, cough. Uh, cough's not so bad. My boyfriend's had trouble kind of breathing a little bit, so I'm lucky I've not had that symptom. But yeah, pretty much every everyone on the kind of yeah. main list and my nose has been blocked for like 10 days um and just fatigue I think the worst one's fatigue because you just feel like I, I was in I was sleeping for like 15 hours a night uh, last week I mean in a way it was good because <laughs> it was nice getting a rest <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like a fourth rest it's yeah. like when you when you finish the fringe and yeah, it's so wiped out, <laughs> mate. That is what it felt like. Um, pretty much, that's what it felt like. Um, and speaking yeah. speaking of the fringe, we'll <laughs> segue right on in. Welcome back, Cat Hepburn, to the Persistent and Nasty Podcast. The last time we spoke to you, Louise spoke to you in June two thousand and nineteen, just before yeah. or July two thousand and nineteen, before the you. fringe. And you yeah. were doing the yeah. show, and now you're back with some more exciting stuff (laughs) yeah I think mine and Louise's conversation was like at the very peak of my pre-fringe meltdown so I'd love to listen to that episode back and and figure out if it was obvious that I was like a woman unraveling at the time (laughs) (laughs) no you sound very together in it don't so don't worry agree that's good that's good and where are you at the moment? So you've got a book launch happening super soon. Is that the 22nd of April you're doing a virtual launch? Yes, I'm doing it over Zoom because uh, that's pretty much the only way to do anything these days. So yeah, Amelia Baylor, the amazing comedian, is going to be hosting it. And um, I'm going to do a reading and a Q&A, basically. Um, and it's free it's over zoom so that's on the 22nd and then on the 29th which is the Thursday after that the week after that the book is officially released and the book is dating and other hobbies Mm -hmm. yep that's it Uh, let's chat about dating and other hobbies first of all what are the other hobbies well can you tell or is that (laughs) going to be spoilers (laughs) I think the other hobbies are like recreational drug taking, um, making bad decisions whilst drunk, uh, <laughs> just the kind of usual like early 20s stuff. I'm actually trying to think, is there any like official hobby in it? I think maybe one of the characters does yoga, maybe. Right. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we've got a few kind of gym bunnies in it. Does that count <laughs> as yeah, a hobby? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's more focused on the dating and... 
and all just the kind of beautiful sticky mess that comes around all that. Great. Um, Do you want to give us a little um, plot summary of the book um, for the listeners and then we can have a wee bit of a chat about you as the writer and then into the book as well. That would be fabulous. So Dating and Other Hobbies is a collection of kind of standalone poems and short stories encapsulating what it means to be a kind of a uh, millennial, a young millennial, I guess maybe an elder millennial at this rate. Uh, I realised <laughs> one of the poems has like a Facebook relationship update uh, reference in it. And I'm like, I don't think these anyone uh, younger reading this will know what that even means. I don't know. I'm, I'm out of touch, who knows? But yeah, it's basically what a question. What is an elder millennial? <laughs> I always want to know because I want to know where I sit because I'm never sure. Uh, I can't remember the exact uh, date. Misha's going to check for us. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, I'll yeah. So your elder millennial with their Facebook status. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got some elder millennials in there. We've got maybe some Gen Z stuff as well. You know, I do mention TikTok at one point. So, um, and yeah, it's just standalone stories, different characters. And you've got, you know, ghosting, you've got uh, extramarital affairs, you've got bad tinder dates good tinder dates we've got a wedding lots of just different stuff going on i try to kind of uh sum up what it means to be a young ish female in the kind of dating and relationship world uh, all in one little cute book (laughs) (laughs) i love it in a cute book um was it what inspired the idea for the dating book well, you've probably heard the phrase, write what you know. And <laughs> <laughs> I've always just leant towards that kind of that kind of subject matter. I find it really interesting. I think it's relatable. Um, I like to just kind of summarise what I've experienced and what my kind of friends have experienced as well. So, yeah, so I think it just came from a place of like writing what I know and what I would like to read as well. The book is, it's not for anyone else but me like see if no one else buys it I'm still just so proud of what I've written because the stories excited me and made and made me interested in it so hopefully that'll translate with other people but yeah it was just a kind of I guess in a way it was like a love letter to my 20s um and all my friends too I love that that's giving me goosebumps oh you know, <laughs> first first published book Kat no, Girlhood was published, um, um, which I then turned into the the Fringe show that I spoke to Louise about. But it was kind of all done in a funny order that time because I wrote the book and it had a sort of narrative through it. We followed one kind of one character. And then I, uh, when I was changing it into the solo show that I did at the Gilded Balloon, I sort of went back and finessed it and, and made it more about this one solo per, uh, character. And for dating and other hobbies, I deliberately made it like loads of different characters. And I've really enjoyed that aspect of it because it's just so much fun wearing all these different hats. And, you know, most of it is from first person. So it's like you get to live hundred lives instead of your own boring one so that's what I found most exciting but yeah so this is my second book but um this one is published by a uh, burning eye books uh, who are based down south and my previous book was published by speculative books who are also an amazing kind of indie publisher uh, but yeah just I, I wanted to try some I try something new and 
and uh, go with a different publisher. But uh, I may I may do something else with Spec in the future because I love them too. I love that. So important to have those relationships, isn't it? Like, um, yeah. we in whatever field you're in, that kind of just that support and be able to kind of expand in a different way to try different things out but always know that they've still got you in their supportive way I just think it's so it, it's just so important for your own creativity mm-hmm. yeah and- you, yeah you can just end up a bit I'm doing hand gestures on the podcast you'd think after like three <laughs> years I'd know not to do that I was doing a little small box um <laughs> we can all see it nobody else can see it um what is it about a because obviously like you kind of touched on this before when you chatted to Louise and this is actually really exciting Kat you're our first time second guest well I'm honored thank you for for having me back (laughs) very exciting to have you back um what is it about do you think spoken word poetry that really speaks to you and then speaks to the, those that come and see your stuff, come and listen to your stuff, buy your stuff? Yeah, um, spoken word for me is just about really simply self-expression and the way that, you know, I perform spoken word is different from the next person and that's what makes it kind of fresh and exciting. There's no kind of one standard way. It's a really simple way to get across how you're feeling it's a good way to kind of process how you're feeling as well, process different situations. So I've just found it a really brilliant way for me to kind of get my point across and to share my ideas and opinions with other people. And I think I think maybe what attracts people to me as a performer is that I'm quite like down to earth. I'm quite relatable, I think. Um, and people can maybe see their own experiences and opinions reflected back at them which is what I think good art does um so I'm not exclusive I'm I think I'm quite inclusive and uh and yeah and I can laugh at myself too which I think is important I don't I try not to take myself too seriously and I try and use humor where I can even in kind of dark uh darker pieces I always try and have do everything with a wee kind of glint in my eye which I think people like too so much uh, I think and I think that's probably quite a human thing as well but it's definitely a Scottish thing like that kind of gallows humor like we're really like you know if it's getting a bit too dark somebody's going to make a joke oh yeah it's a it's a I mean don't get me wrong it's a coping mechanism (laughs) absolutely Absolutely. yeah yeah Yeah. one that we we can all speak that language can't we of you know when you're at like I don't know when you're at like a, a funeral or you know you're at the wake and it's like there's a kind of awkward silence and then someone cracks a joke and the tension just goes and then everyone's like right we're in this together it's like you need you need humor god what imagine a life without people making inappropriate jokes I couldn't couldn't bear it <laughs> <laughs> it would be very boring um this is all I've got to say on that one um, I'm really interested when did you start writing this book particularly did it start um before lockdown happened or was it during lockdown I started right so there's some pieces in it that I wrote years ago when I just uh, started doing spoken word and there's a couple pieces from the show girlhood 
because the show came after the book. Um, but I pretty much wrote this in lockdown. I wrote the rest of it. Uh, I think as soon as lockdown happened last year, I lived alone at the time and I had been working so much. I was like almost close to like a burnout as I'm sure a lot of freelance <laughs> artists can relate to. And so I was just focused. I just used the time to like focus on writing. So I was like one of these annoying people that managed to write a book in the first six weeks but the book that's coming out in you know a couple of weeks time is not that book that I wrote because it's been through so many different uh, changes and edits and rewrites but the first kind of a uh, shape of it I wrote in those first six weeks of the first lockdown and uh, and sent it off to to the publisher and and got accepted luckily but I what I do think it was a lot about doing something for me like it was you know it was something that was keeping me sane in a in a time that things were all topsy-turvy so although you could look at it as you know achieving something inverted commas it was actually the thing that kind of kept me from losing the plot living alone um, and I had a great time writing it. I was like writing loads during the day. I was running 5Ks. I was, you know, enjoying a wee drink in the bath at night. And I was like, this is great. Obviously things started to kind of unravel a bit as they do six weeks of isolation. But for the first wee while I was like, this is fine. I like this, I like this new um, kind of way of life. Obviously it was shit what was going on in the world, but I did manage to squeeze something kind of good out of it. I always think like some of your best work comes, I think, from when you're just being totally true to yourself and I think like our society often like forces us to do things in a, like this kind of like consumer commercial like it has to be like on someone else's timeline and I, I just think you never create the right things like it just never has the same alchemy as when you write something or like create something or make something that just feels like everything that you believe in, everything that you love, and you're doing it like on your own terms. That's mm -hmm. such, I'm so excited for you that you got to like have that space and that time to just create. And I feel like that's what's gonna make this really tangibly, like already I can feel the sizzle from it. Like I can tell that it's gonna be something really exciting because it's got that passion that grounds it. And it's got like, yeah, like, you in that kind of like space and feeling energized and being able to like write something that just feels feels good mm -hmm. I think yeah. what you said about you know you didn't kind of it was for you to keep you sane and I think like there's a lot especially um at the start of the first lockdown like you know people were like um a uh, Shakespeare wrote can whatever during the uh, the bubonic plague and all of that okay you wrote king lear during the bubonic plague and so there was this because you were doing it for you it's then there's no pressure really whereas i, I kind of have a feeling for a lot of people like our society and social media puts that pressure on you like are you not why are you not creating like you've got you've got plenty of time what else the fuck are you doing mm -hmm. i don't know just uh just trying not to like dissolve into a puddle of tears when I look at the news like you know it's just that whole thing of yeah surviving is put it's like you say Misha it's I think our own self-worth isn't really given any credit for getting mm. through I don't even know if that makes yeah sense. and people survive in different ways see if 
just literally getting up and you know putting your washing away is feels like an achievement then that is an achievement and for for balance I've had a, a lot of like you know times where I've not been writing a book you know that was six weeks out of a full year so I I really I think you're right I really don't think this you know what have you achieved over lockdown a narrative is helpful in any way because it just makes people feel bad about themselves in a time where they are probably feeling shit anyway so yeah definitely those those six weeks do not reflect the rest of the year just just to let you know um isn't that so true like everybody at some point and obviously some people I was talking to somebody uh, the other day and we were saying everybody's it's various stages isn't it of privilege of what you've got and how you've managed to get through this but for every single person at some point I'm sure there has been a really hard moment or day or week or month or fucking six months or whatever like it's been whatever that is like it's been really it's been hard for everyone and there's different and there's varying degrees of that but it doesn't lessen somebody else's experience yeah this is also my new thing that's happening to me and I think it's because like we're so far in to this uh, this new this new lockdown like our third second whatever the fuck it is Um, (laughs) and just like being on zoom all the time I'm noticing like words are just disappearing from my head I'm talking I'm talking and then I go to say a word and I'm like don't know where that word is it's gone yeah I am experiencing that as well. I did a talk yesterday for the RCS and it was like high school students and I was talking to them about how you can get a career in the arts. And then at the very end, I just was like halfway through saying a sentence and then I just like lost the sentence. I I saw the sentence literally fly away from me and I was like, oh, it's gone. And then I was just this kind of like slack jawed, like staring into my own reflection, like, what is going on and I think yeah I think just don't don't do do not worry is what I'm saying um I think we're all getting like mushy brain and I it's to be expected but I was honestly like halfway through I think I was even just plugging my own like social media and I was like I just it just went just went (laughs) that was it gone it is and it's like this thing of as well because we're on zoom all the time you're not supposed to look at yourself this much no it's not healthy I became way more vain which is oh, not I a mean, good thing. Yeah, I think I'm, and I definitely, like, I probably have always been pretty vain. I'm not going to kid on, I'm not. Like, <laughs> I could have gone, no, I'm so okay with how I look. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, but this has just, like, made me go, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, constantly, like, checking myself, checking what I look like. Mm. I and mean, I'm now doing this thing. And when I take myself off screen, I then find it weird because then I'm like, I can't see myself, so I don't know what people are seeing. Yeah, but I don't think about that when I'm having a face-to-face conversation with people. Yeah, and so- I wonder, like, how many of these like insecurities or, or sort of micro uh, anxieties are experienced more by women. You know, it's like if a guy just needs to get up in the morning. I mean, not all men, but like most men, just roll out of bed. They can wash their face, and then they don't have to worry if you know they've got a bit of mascara smeared or you know one once I went on a, a zoom and I didn't wear any makeup because I was like do you know what I don't need makeup I feel like I feel okay and I just saw my reflection and thought I looked ill for the whole time even though I felt like I actually don't like wearing makeup but I feel like when you're on a zoom you kind of have to and it's just like yeah just uh, I just feel like it's affecting women more 
then we're already affected by everything and it's just adding <laughs> to our list right fucking it's like yeah. i'm gonna get my eyebrows lifted i need my teeth need straight <laughs> yeah oh i'm getting a brace like because it's fucking zoom so thank you invisalign sales have probably shot up <laughs> that's me i've been looking at invisalign as well i'm like um <laughs> i literally asked my dentist last week and i'm upset to, i'm upset about it <laughs> I was like, please we? quote me. And then she quoted and I was like, I didn't want that quote. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a lot. One, yeah. I can't even say it out loud. It's like disgusting. It's like, poor yeah. Band. Yeah. yeah. I know. Sorry. When I got I quoted, I just, much. when I got quoted, because I actually, this is before um, lockdown happened last year, I had been thinking about getting Invisalign and I went and got the consultation thing and then obviously lockdown ha- like literally happened like four days later and um the girl phoned me about six months later and said oh we're open again blah 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 just like you know and I was like um I was like can you kind of give me a ballpark figure I said because I actually you know I'm an actor I work in the arts my industry is on its knees so don't really have any work at the moment and she said the same she probably was like it's like three, three and a half four grand I went not just now thanks bye <laughs> wait till I get that call from Hollywood first <laughs> I say if I get a tv job then <laughs> yeah it's mad it's like you can say in the same sentence I like I don't care about my appearance because like I'm a feminist and I'm like all this stuff about like like and like I would always like say to my friends you don't need to worry about it and in the same breath, be like, I'm going to get my teeth fixed because I hate this. And I know that nobody else notices it, but I need to fix it. It's, mm-hmm. I, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's annoying. It's, I guess, like, I don't see it as a, an anti, like, a not feminist thing to, like, to want to change these things about yourself. Because I just think as well, it's like, you only get one life. And if your tiny little snaggle tooth, and I'm talking about me personally here, <laughs> is bothering you, then, I mean, the money, the money is a huge issue. And it's a privilege to be able to afford that. But even, you know, I just think it's just you do you. It's... And it's annoying that you even feel you have to bring the word feminist into it. And then, yeah, I just feel like everyone, we're all just tangled up in this constant cycle of judging ourselves and judging others and then wondering if something's feminist. And it's like, just, I think we should all, yeah, just give ourselves a break, um, especially in Zoom culture when we are forced to look at our faces for a long time every day. A hundred percent here here absolutely I clapped I had my <laughs> mic off because I was like clapping and I was like people are going like, there's a seal um no but but you're you're so right though Kat because there's this thing isn't it and it's something that as women and I feel like I try and kind of fight this a lot is society has made us judge each other from such a young age that it's so ingrained in us that it happens that it's like to try and catch myself and yet the way I judge myself I never judge any other woman the way I would judge myself I'd never judge any other human the way I judge myself I'm so much worse to myself than I am to anybody else totally and it's like Misha said like oh you would never say that about your friend you would never look at your friend and think she needs you know xyz done but you would think it about yourself so yeah we've we've turned it we've turned it inwards to the point of it you know it's we are our own worst critics and our own worst enemies i think and um, then that thing of like you know if a woman decides to get her lips done or like 
fix our teeth or get our get Botox there's this whole thing of well you know as you've just said oh it's not feminist but well why like you know but why are the rest of us judging that's her choice we're not judging yeah. her if she if she gets a tattoo that's her body it's like you know what you want to do with your body like we're the majority of us are um, fighting for pro-choice so that is if you want to choose to have your lips done then go for it yeah, go for it, exactly. Um, and for just your think, lips. we just have to, I guess, just what I like to do is just try and be aware of where that sits in the larger scheme of things. But I mean, even if you don't think about it in an academic way, you could still go for it. Do you know what I mean? Just because just because we were having a conversation about feminism and lips doesn't make it more, you know, there's no hierarchy of it. It's just, but yeah, it's it's one of these things. I'm sure you've had similar conversations on the podcast of just like, you could talk about it forever, couldn't you? And you could tie yourself up in, in knots. But I think the more conversations we have where we support other women and their choices, um, the more we kind of spread that positivity and, and yeah, nurture those attitudes, the better. Love that. Yeah, that nurturing is so important. And like um, you mentioned earlier about Sonic Youth and obviously like that's something that... Uh, that you do and like would be great if you want to kind of touch on that as well because I know you'd probably well you did talk about this with Louise last time but I think it'd be just really interesting to revisit these things because we're now in 2021 and yeah fucking pandemic (laughs) and a lot has changed for for Sonic Youth as well so we used to do three live shows a month uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow and Stirling and then obviously pandemic happened so we put all our work online now um, all our shows sorry online and we teamed up with a, a brilliant uh, production company called Blue Star Streaming uh, and we started doing gigs on Facebook live and then we've transferred them over to Patreon um, and we've got Creative Scotland funding for our season five so we're kind of we're quite a way into it now we finish in June and we put out two shows a month and we feature uh, four artists every show and we get to pay them fairly which is nice and yeah it just keeps us connected with really talented people um, and and still connected with our audiences and hopefully opening up to new audiences as well because before there was different barriers to people coming to our live shows so that's what we've that's the kind of change that we've gone through in a nutshell but before that we've been so we've been running all together for four to five years I can't remember it's just me and my friend who's also a spoken word artist Kevin P. Gilday and yeah we just sort of got together and started putting on spoken word shows because um we thought it would be fun and then yeah we've sort of morphed into this this spoken word theatre kind of cabaret organisation and we also have a podcast as well so yeah we've got lots of stuff uh, on the podcast go for it on the podcast it's called the sonnet youth podcast and it's available on podbean spotify and apple Uh, and we also do a wee bonus episodes where we delve into things a bit uh, i would say deeper but it's mostly me just kind of moaning about stuff <laughs> um every single bonus podcast I'm like right this is going to be the one that I'm going to be in a good mood for <laughs> um but yeah we're just kind of it's a bit more frank and it's a bit more just like what we've been up to that week um so that's on our patreon as well which is patreon.com forward slash sonnet youth 
but yeah we just both feel lucky to still be you know getting paid for what we do in this pandemic a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of artists have been struggling so I think we're both just grateful to be uh, to be one of the lucky ones for sure yeah it's been shit yeah <laughs> it has yeah it's been I mean I, I yeah I don't like there's not much else to say about that um but it's amazing sure you were you, going to say something well, I just think it's amazing that you've now got this new format that exactly like as you've said like it it allows people who might otherwise have had barriers do you mm-hmm. feel like moving forward you're going to like keep some element of this online so that you can still have that would you maybe do like a kind of integrated like live slash also maybe live streamed have you thought yeah that is a a really good idea and one that we are beginning to you know we're beginning to get asked that (laughs) excuse me excuse me we're beginning to get asked that uh, quite a lot and I think that that it would be stupid to go back fully to live and abandon this digital segment of stuff because it has been um, more accessible in many ways and has allowed us to collaborate and reach out to artists a bit further afield it's enabled us to reach audiences who otherwise wouldn't be able to reach us so yeah I think definitely what we're looking at um, I need to speak to my co-host but what we're looking at is probably a kind of hybrid and I think most arts companies would be looking at that as well because um, we've seen the benefits of going digital. So I think it would be a a waste to just go, all right, okay, everything's fine now, we'll go back to normal. Uh, There's there's no such thing as going back to normal. We're gonna be moving forward into a new new normal. God, hate myself. Okay, we've not heard it for a while so it, yeah. I mean, like yeah. we heard it a lot at the beginning and then we all like made ourselves sick and now we're like we can bring that back we can yes. make it cool again it's like how lol was really uncool at the start so we stopped using it and now we're like lol <laughs> maybe that's just me with lol uncool <laughs> jokes 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 <laughs> it's not uncool now I you use, know what I use it genuinely now do you know what the new thing is? I'm obsessed with Gen Z culture. I just think it's so fascinating. Um, do you know what the, the the new thing is? That just like typing loads of different letters on a keyboard. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like their version of lol, and they think we're like old fogies for using lol. Well, on on that note, do you want me to read out what the brackets are? Because oh yeah, I yeah, find yeah. That And I didn't want to just interrupt. The oh podcast. yeah, 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 Gen Z. So, baby boomers is 46 to 64. Fuck different world. Fucking boomers, man. <laughs> uh, Generation X is 1965 to 1980. Millennials, which are also like Generation Y, but we know them mm. as millennials, 1981 to 96. Right. So, we're all millennials. Mm. I literally have like slid in there by the skin of my teeth, but delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and Zoomers or Generation Z are 97 to 2012. So I guess that's the kind of like the like first tech age. And then Generation Alpha is early 2010s to mid 20s. So up till now. So thanks everyone. That's your, um, that's your wee update on who the hell we are. <laughs> And there's also, I, I want to check because I remember reading something that like if you were born between 81 and 87, you're actually like, there's a sub to millennial mm. because You've we- a subcommittee. We, 
we are the last generation. They remember not having the internet. Yeah. 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 We're spe- we're the special ones, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We're the last generation that can use the internet well and had it at some point, but we can also remember not having it as kids and, mm. you know, basically. I feel I feel like that for like a little bit the same. So I'm technically cusp millennial slash Zoomer, but I remember like when it was like, when everything was really like slow tech. And mm. I remember when like, iPhones came in and I feel like iPhone was the game changer when like your phone was now everything and you had all the social medias and so I feel like kind of like you Elaine I feel that kind of like sub sub genre of millennial slash zoomer where like I kind of feel closer to the millennial because I remember slightly like like the like pre-social media Mm. but I'm also like super fluent in social media it's really interesting because I remember you spoke about this with Louise like in the last podcast Kat and you talked about that thing about social media and how obviously when we were growing up in our teenage years um social media wasn't a thing and the stuff that you get up to that now like people aren't because there's scared of it getting recorded and it going online and I like I remember when I heard your episode now I went I never fucking thought about that like I've I've said it so many times like going oh I'm so glad I, I'm I'm not a teenager now because Christ yeah. knows what I would be doing and it would be all over the internet but mm. actually not even thinking that I would be like I can't do that because somebody's going to film it yeah, I can't get that drunk. I mean, I'm I'm the generation that was down the park. Yeah, no, me too. Bottle a bottle of pulse or Mad Dog or whatever was kicking about. Yeah, we like me and my friends speak about this quite a lot. Of just like, thank God we got in there before, like before the internet took off. In that in that respect, thank goodness. And even like our early twenties, like. You know there's not that there's some photos kicking about but like not that many and and we enjoyed like going to festivals and clubs and there wasn't a huge um there wasn't a huge pressure to look amazing like we wanted to look good and we used to wear like wigs and stuff but I remember a, a, a definite turning point and it was when we went to Sonar and we used to go every year a festival in Barcelona we used to go every single year and then I didn't go for a few years and then me and my girlfriends all had time off at this at at, at that time one of them lived in Berlin one of them lived in England and we were like right we're off on this week why don't we just go to Sonar together that can be our kind of catch-up girls holiday and we went and you know there was a girl wearing a white song bikini in a queue to like a nightclub and um and I I was just like she's from a different like group of people like we are we are this is not my tribe this is like you know I I do love a thong bikini but not in a nightclub (laughs) like not when you're going to be like getting smashed and dancing about and you're sweaty and there's like a big queue for the toilets I was just like oh and then it was just this sea of women who looked really really gorgeous um but they were there to look gorgeous it wasn't mm. about the tunes and and I definitely remember thinking we are maybe a bit old to be here <laughs> we we are uh, we are not the white song bikini crew <laughs> and and also like 
and that kind of like and I again trying not to judge them because that's obviously what but I feel sorry for them isn't the right thing I just I think they're missing out on something maybe just missing out on that freedom yeah that's what it is that freedom of making the mistakes of wearing the ridiculous outfit of getting your hair cut and it being a fucking disaster but it's okay (laughs) because nobody's going to see it and it's you know just all those little bits and pieces that kind of we took for granted growing up that at least if I wore that outfit that's not coming back I mean that's not coming back to haunt me it's not like it's on my fucking Instagram yeah whereas now you can wear an outfit once and like you wear it once because you've seen it on your Instagram so you can't wear it again Mm. which like as someone who I've I've literally just done a big wardrobe clear out because I'm moving at the end of the month and have like looked through my clothes and I still have clothes that I was wearing when I was like 15 16 that I still frequently wear and it is literally like I wear the same clothes all the time like I wear my clothes I mean I am impressed by that they Me were too. All, they were all like the looser clothes like none of none of, none of, the, none of the skinny jeans have retained but but at the same time well, you just it just blows my mind that it's like one outfit I'm like but I like that outfit I want to wear it again I'm I'm the opposite of that um which is bad because I, th- I do I think fast fashion is not good it's not good for the planet um I do sell clothes on though so Hopefully that's not me being a total bastard. Um, but I think it's just because every, you know, all my work's like a Zoom call now and it's like, I yeah. don't want to, I don't want to be repeating content, but I bet you no one else is thinking about it as much as I am. I'm also aware that I'm like completely, I've gone, I've gone dark. <laughs> Can you see? It's the lights, so are, the lights are fading. Thank Let- you and good night. <laughs> yeah. Lights down on cat. Um <laughs> Do you mind if I turn my light on? Get that big light on. I love a big light. Hold on. No, not the big light. Not the big light. Always the big light. You want as much illumination as possible. Look at that. Look at the the brightness that we're now getting to experience cat in. It's like 4D. The big light. I love it. I love the big light. Everyone hates my big light. I actually wanted, because um, just a way of time and everything, so there's a couple of questions that we've got, but before we can move on to our next question, just kind of circling back to the book, um, dating and other hobbies, because you talk about the different characters and stuff, was there a character that you were writing that you were like, I fucking love you? I I can't pick one, this is like, choose, this is like asking me to pick have who I just my done favourite child is. Yeah. <laughs> I love them all individually. Um, I no, actually no one jumps out, no single one, which I suppose is a good thing. Um, I'm going to put a spin on this, right? I think it's a good thing because it shows that I've put in as much thought into all of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I just, I just, I just love them all. I love how flawed they are and how uh, they're living life fiercely and making ridiculous mistakes and I just want to give them all a big hug and a cheers <laughs> is that weird no Absolutely I love not. it and also I just love that you've you know you've written about people who are flawed because it's that thing all the time and especially for women it's like there can't be flaws we have to fit into these archetypes when mm-hmm. actually we're all of that and way more mm-hmm all got our stuff and I think it's so important that it's seen on so many different uh, platforms 
is it going to be one of these books that like you know when you watch like a tv series or something and you like get to the end of it and you're like oh I miss all my friends is it going to be one of those where like you get to the end and you're like oh my, I've read all my friends stories and that's I have to say goodbye to them and then you want to read it all again just to be with your friends again is it one of those I'm going to say yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so just have to keep reading it to have that like experience with all your pals again love it i recommend putting it in your toilet because you can dip in and out of this bad boy um girlhood i used to see girlhood in like all my friends toilets when i went to visit um a lot of their husbands and boyfriends ended up reading about a girl getting her first period and things like that but i was like it's good because it's not just for girls um but yeah i hope it does make people miss their pals and i hope that I hope that it feels overall like a, a kind of an uplifting experience. But yeah, there's a lot of like a lot of just mistakes that happen. And yeah, just a lot of flawed, <laughs> a lot of flawed characters in there. Um, but yeah, I think, as you say, it's like we're not just one thing, are we? Um, we're lots of different things. And we evolve over the years as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So Louise had asked you about um, what persistent and nasty means to you, but I thought because you've already answered that, maybe you could talk a bit about, like, maybe there are some women in this that you would, like, say, like, sum up persistent and nasty, or is there any women in your life or women that you look at and you're like, you are the embodiment of persistent and nasty? Mm. Well, I... I probably I can't remember if I spoke about this with Louise um but yeah from from girlhood and from dating and other hobbies you can probably gather that I am very like I'm just all about my girlfriends they are like the loves of my life and I think that I'm privileged and lucky to have this kind of huge network um and different pockets of girlfriends as well which I think is just so special um and yeah they're just they are the most persistent and nastiest <laughs> girls you could ever hope to meet and they're all so clever and funny and yeah I'm just a big gosh bag when it comes to speaking about these women um so yeah I would just I would just give a shout out to all of them but I would say most especially um a, a friend of mine Zoe who has been um just a very very close friend um for many years but definitely over the last year and who I just feel is my my witness in life and I just love her and she's very persistent she's an Aries it's actually her birthday today so happy birthday Zoe um happy birthday, Zoe. she's happy yeah she's <laughs> she's a ram so she's incredibly persistent and um and a wee bit nasty too love that love it what star sign are you cat i'm a cancer water of course you're a water sign <laughs> yeah of course you are pisces here ah i am a little taurus oh love it <laughs> well seen louise isn't here misha and i are talking about astrology we'll start getting our crystals <laughs> out soon <laughs> yes <laughs> oh cat it's been an absolute joy having you on the podcast um do you want to uh remind everyone of the dates and the deets sure everything that's happening with you and And we'll obviously put all of that in the episode description and we'll punt away on the socials when it's Uh, all happening 
Yeah, so, well, thank you both for having me. I've had a really, really brilliant time chatting to you. I've had, I've had COVID. I've not been speaking to many people, so um, this has really been the highlight of my day. <laughs> so thank you both for having me. Um, and, yeah, you can uh, find out about everything that I'm up to, including all my book stuff uh, across social media at Cat Hepburn Wright. And my book launch is happening on the 22nd of April. The book's coming out on the 29th, but pre-orders are open just now. If you fancy jumping on my Instagram, um, you can just click and order it and I will sign it if you put in the order notes as well. <gasps> Love that. Get a signed copy of the good stuff. Yeah. Love it. I want a signed copy. I'm going to get no. one. I'm going straight away to order that now. I know, I'm literally like, I'm going on cats. <laughs> <Just now. laughs> Can you sign this for me, please? <laughs> I will, I will sign it for you. <laughs> Cat Hepburn, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, lovely listeners, for joining us to listen as Cat Hepburn joins us on the Persistent and Nasty podcast. <laughs> it has been an hour of joy for you, an hour of joy for us. And until next time, stay, stay nasty! nasty. <laughs>